Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 63 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Crash, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder for this episode are Head of Health and Safety, Ben Moss Woodward. Hello, Crash. Haven't we just been here already? I think it's something about some time vortex or something like that. <laughs> and also joining us, we have Lave Station Entertainment Officer Chris Jarvis. Hello. Yeah, when you said it was episode 63, I was feeling 60, like 60, it must be 60. more than 63 by now. <laughs> it's got to be about 70 or so. Yes, <laughs> for those of you who tried to join in or not, we've had some technical difficulties. I think we've sorted out. As Mindwipe's saying, yes, it's all kind of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. Yeah, so we're, we're on the air now. So, yes, let's make the most of it. Um, so, let's start from the top. If you want to join us, we are in the Powerbleed beta tonight. So, uh, hopefully you can get in there. Uh, at the moment, the servers are down, but they should be back up shortly. And you can be able to meet, meet us outside Lave Station. Uh, otherwise, you can join us up with the IRC chat channel on uh, hash Lave-Radio on QuakeNet. You can get to that through the Lave Radio page. Or you can uh, tweet us at Lave Radio, drop us a line on Facebook, and give us any questions on there. We'll try to answer them at the end of the show. So, let's move straight on. We'll, uh, we <laughs> haven't got as much time to get through everything tonight, so we're going to have to zip through the things. So much to talk about, guys. So, uh, I was going to say, it's a good job. It's a quiet week, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so much, so much stuff, so much stuff. Yes, as you all know, uh, Powerplay has just hit the uh, the beta now, so everyone's trying to get in there and play around. But uh, we're going to just quickly cover the topics from the last couple of newsletters and uh, things that have been announced just recently. So, first of all, there was a... Uh, a sale this weekend if you've missed it now i'm sorry but you could have got the brand new pirate t-shirt from the store what do you guys think about this t-shirt i want one i have one. Oh, damn it damn it See, i was so busy over the weekend i didn't get, didn't get a chance to buy one yeah sadly the pirate t-shirt wasn't actually in the sale it was a lot of the old stock the oh the t-shirt from the launch party the retro t-shirts and various other things like that yeah, I picked the, up the one which is the um, the Cobra approaching the Coriolis station because um, I like it. I think I've you know I mean obviously they are they are doing the t-shirts are doing well and elite fans tend to be of a particular demographic. Um, but I think I, I don't know. I, think, I feel like I've got to an age where I'm I'm less happy wearing t-shirts with writing on and uh, and a big pirate skull is perhaps less me. But a nice subtle black and white wireframe of the original elite. Very much me, so I picked one up. Yeah. Well, I have to admit, I actually wore the p- red pirate skull to see Mad Max. It felt very appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> very fitting, very fitting. Yeah, I, I must buy a few more of those t-shirts, and I, I definitely want to get uh, the loading new commander one for Shorty. So if she's out there listening, hi, Shorty. <laughs> Bless her. She's about 22 weeks now, so she's she's struggling along. But yeah, yeah so some lovely things in everyone. Isn't? Oh, sorry, Chris, I cut you off. No, 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 I was oh. agreeing with you. Yeah. Um, I, w- I will just say, though, quickly live, despite the fact the message came out of it being a server-side update, you will need to upgrade your client. Oh, on the... I've uh, just, uh, right. Yeah, I've just logged out and back in, and it's asked me to upgrade the beta. So I see, I see. If you're, if you're listening, don't put it off. <laughs> yeah. Close that launcher. It's like, see, we should have done. We should have upgraded all of our launchers first before we put that new. Uh, see, you missed well, out. I, there. I, mine's just finished. So uh, that's what uh, I see. I see. That's it. Think, think <laughs> yeah, of number thanks, one thanks before Chris, the I announcement. Out and look, upgrading out. Yeah. <laughs> that's, 
<laughs> well, we like to keep you informed here, folks. So, uh, as soon as we've you know sorted ourselves in, there we go. So, <laughs> moving on to the next thing on there. So, uh, we've got a couple of dev updates that have flown past in the meantime, but a lot of the content is all gone into the Paraplay update. So, we'll go over those uh, a little bit later on. Most important thing we picked out from the 14th of May dev update, I think. Well, the most most fun thing I think was the fact you can now see your characters in the cockpit from the external view. Um, and something we noticed tonight, which was quite nice, the HUD color. That if you cho- choose to customize your heads-up display, the color is displayed in the external view, which is quite interesting. Um, that they're actually passing that traffic across the data to other players. Pretty cool. And yep. yeah, and the other news update: twenty first of May, uh, the collision changes are are in. So there was talk about. Uh, Further improvements to the collision fines and the, the additional laws around the way that works. They weren't sure it was going to go in, but because Paraplay was delayed just a little bit, that has now gone into Paraplay. I haven't had a chance to try it yet. Guys, have you seen the, the new speeding indicator at all? I'm always being told that I'm speeding when flying around my station. <laughs> I did notice that. It was the first thing I did. I did my usual kind of up landing gear boost straight out, and I was like, oh, there's a little speeding indicator in the bottom right corner of the HUD now. I was thinking, oh, oh, I feel a bit naughty now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's nice. So uh, we'll we can go over that in detail. But I think the main thing is, if you do have that speeding indicator on and you cause shield damage, you're going to get a fine. If you cause hull damage, you're going to get a. Is it uh, no? Is it? I thought anti- shield damage. You're okay. I thought you got okay with a little bit of a, a shield kit. I think that there's hull levels damage to it, isn't it? Problems with. Yeah, yeah, and it, it scales, which I think is is the nice thing about it. Rather than being a solid kind of oh, you're you're in trouble if you do it. It scales based on uh, on troubles all the way up to ship destruction being an instant uh, bounty on your head, I believe, which is quite nice. Quite nice. So, um, oh, most importantly, this is something that I'm I'm really uh, keen to see get some further improvement for other things. The Spanish translations have started. Um, not sure if we do have any Spanish Spanish listeners on the show, but hi if you are, uh, or hola, or hola, hola. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so it was nice that Frontier reached out to the community and said, hey, you know, you guys, if you, if you want to help us translate, do a better job of it, then uh, by all means, get in touch and help us out with the translations on things. I know through the the Russian translation, it was particularly difficult because there was things that just did not translate literally and they needed to be restructured. So if you can. Uh, if you can do Spanish translation, then please do get in touch with Frontier on that. There is a thread on the forum for that. And most importantly, this is something we've all wanted for a long time, I believe. You now get notifications in your inbox when you rank up. Right on, commanders, yes. <laughs> I think we've wanted that all for a long time, don't you think, guys? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, absolutely. And I'm, I'm hoping to try it out soon, because I've only spotted this evening that uh, one of the new things they've added is a you have a progress bar now under your various elite ranks. So I am 99% of the way to the next trade rank. Yeah. Maybe I need to sell a packet of biscuits. <laughs> and that will tip me over the edge. Just, just over the edge. I've got some bourbon biscuits right here. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure to take them. I mean, if they're quite rare, take them far enough away, you know, get, get the extra profit on them. <laughs> But no, that, that is a really, really nice thing, because it, it did seem, seem kind of opaque. You had no idea where you were. But now, if you look over on that right-hand status panel, underneath your elite rankings, you've got a little progress indicator, which is nice to see that you're actually chipping away at those ranks. Because particularly when you get into the into the high combat ranks, it just feels like you're just, just constantly killing other targets and just not getting anywhere. But now it's nice to see you can actually incrementally make progress, which is nice. Yeah, and that's good. It's a good idea. I mean, I think some people might feel it's a bit too 
kind of exposing the mechanics in the background. But I think I think the benefit you get, I've, I've said this you know, from quite early on, that quite often with games, what you really need is to be able to do something and see the effect of, of the stuff you're doing. So to have that progress bar, I think, is, is definitely the right call. Whether it needs the percentage or whether it just needs the bar. Yeah. Well, I mean, the bar. I, mean, I think the bar would give you a little bit more incremental details. You can see it slowly moving. Yeah. I think it's nice to have that visual thing. But yeah, just the percentage would have been nice anyway. So that that is a nice addition. Really, really nice mm. addition. Um, yeah. So it, it's it's really good to see them incrementally improving all other features of the game because a lot of people were focusing on Paraplay being you know the whole political background stuff and you know, everything like that. But they did say there's a whole host of other things going in. So it's nice to see uh, all these things kind of gradually improving on there. Um, Shall we talk about the Imperial Courier stats, Ben? Do you reckon? Should we, should we tease people about that? Or should we wait until later? The Imperial Courier looks shiny. Mm. I think that's, that's all we need to say, really, isn't it? Yeah, it looks it looks damn nice. And you've been pl- flying around the Diamondback as well, which is... Uh... I've, I've been playing with the Diamondback, and I've got the Imperial Courier, but that's down at Shinata Desra. Oh, oh, it's just, just not fair. I haven't been able to get in and get that far yet. I've kind of uh, just booted up once, saw a couple of little little teasy bits, and then it's like, I have to log straight back again. Damn it. Damn it all. But that's just, just my luck. But yeah, I, I, one thing that you guys noticed was really, really interesting about the Diamondback was uh, the, the animations on it. Do you want to just go into a little bit about what you were just seeing there? Yeah, before we had the um, server patch and update, uh, there were a couple of players outside Lave Station. Unfortunately, I'm on my own now, so I can't repeat it. Uh, I'm just coming back. You're just coming back, okay. Well, um, I mean, basically, Ed, I did the usual thing when Ed comes up to me in a new ship and I asked him to, you know, get his equipment out for me. Hey. And, uh, yeah, we basically watched the, the landing gear deployment cycle on the Diamondback and it's got a really nice little touch. Basically, the back wings and the engines kind of angle downwards as the landing gear comes out. So it looks a little bit like the... Um, I don't know if everyone remembers the ship from Terrorhawks, mm. the way the wings kind of fold round like a, well, like a vulture as it lands. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's got a nice little bit of extra body um, uh, animation on there. Haven't had a chance to look at the Imperial Courier because we were talking about the fact that the Imperial Courier's engines used to extend and retract. Yeah, yeah. Um, haven't had a chance to have a look at that close up. So if, um, if Goose is around, I think he was flying a courier. I'm hoping he can wave his undercarriage at me. <laughs> oh, yeah, it does look awesome. I mean, I'm, I was just commenting how, you know, maybe that was why there was a bit of a delay getting these ships out and uh, they wanted to perfect the engine animations and all the, you know, the complicated animations of the ships because that's something we haven't really seen before. Nice to see the, the detail going in, though. Hopefully it's something they can start to feed back into other ship designs that are coming later on down the line as well. So, fingers crossed. Sounds awesome. Sounds awesome. So that's it for the uh, dev update though, so uh, we'll just play a quick advert and then we'll jump straight on to a recap of the last two newsletters that uh, have passed by, so we'll catch up with you guys shortly. Hi, I'm Trent Stephen Findlist Jr. and I'm here to tell all you pilots about a great new service. Take a listen to my friend, Pete. My name's Pete and I'm a long distance haulier. I drive a Puma shipping farm machinery from Leasty to Sawayo. I love my family and I don't mind being a hard-working blue-collar dad, but I'm tired of seeing my family grow old in front of my eyes. Every time I make the run there and back, I lose 15 days in hyperspace. My family is starting to notice that they're getting older and I'm not. My wife had a baby last week, did a week of shifts and now my kids got teeth. 
I wish there was some way my family could get old at the same speed as me. There is, Pete. How? By buying into my new service, Findlist Cryogenics. We aim to put the freeze on the premature ageing of your family. The process is simple. Our unique family centres allow you to drop off your loved ones on the way to work. Simply hire the number of cryogenic pods you need and keep your family asleep while you fly among the stars. We ensure synchronicity with your flight patterns so they spend the same time awake that you spend in the cockpit. And when you get home, bingo! Your family is the same age as you. Never lose family time in hyperspace again. We guarantee that you'll never miss another birthday, anniversary or funeral. Wow, Trent. That sounds great. Where do I sign? Simply put your credit card details into our special webpage under the hashtag WeFreezeYourLove. We'll take care of the amounts. No need to worry about that. It's so simple. I can't wait to keep my family in a secure block of ice. It's a weight off my mind. Findalist Cryogenics. Now at your local spaceport. Findalist Cryogenics. Because the family that grows old together goes cold together. Now, and welcome back, Commanders. Yes, uh, let's move straight on to Newsletter 75. So there have been a couple of newsletters in the meantime, Newsletter 75 and 76. Uh, first and most important thing from uh, Newsletter 75, the Mac and PC versions are finally running side by side. Now, you guys, uh, Ben, have you had a chance to try this in Mac? I've not actually... F- I've tried it with my brother-in-law on his Mac. Mm. Mm. And we have flown side by side, literally. Excellent, excellent. And it's all working, everything's stable, no issues with that at all? It's just like playing with anyone else, as (laughs) it should be. Excellent, excellent. It's good to see that they managed to get at least Mac and PC working in the same universe. I think that that's just something to do with the fact that, you know, having a PC, it's really, well, any kind of computer on your desktop is so much easier to get patches deployed to it and the, you know, there's no kind of trouble certification process and stuff like that. So that's nice to see there. Um... There was a, a really interesting Q&A with Richard Benton, which is the, the Mac producer at Frontier on uh, the Newsletter 75 as well. Uh, and I could, I could geek out for hours over this, but I have to keep it really short. The OpenGL versus DirectX was one of the most interesting questions for me. And, of course, with a Mac, there is no DirectX layer, so they had to redo the entire interface layers of the code that would work with the OpenGL side of things and uh, trying to get that to work on the Mac. Now, of course, the inevitable questions come up that, you know, if you're supporting OpenGL, does that allow things like SteamOS or other consoles? What does that mean? You know, how how much better is OpenGL over DirectX, for example, was one of the other questions that was thrown up in there. So, I mean, Ben, did you see any kind of performance differences in any way? Because I think you were running uh, Windows on your Mac at one point, weren't you? Like Boot Camp or something? I am running Boot Camp, actually. Mm. So yeah. that's what I am currently doing. So in terms um, of performance, how did you find it changing? I have, as I said, I haven't actually had a chance to install Elite oh, Dangerous right, on the Mac side of my life. Okay. Um, so I'm just doing everything on the Windows side. But from what I've been reading on Reddit and places like that, then Mac booted into the Mac is having a performance improvement over the Mac and Bootcamp, which is, a good, I guess, good. Oh, good, good. That's excellent. I mean, obviously, there's less of the, the interface, the layers of abstraction are out of the way and all that kind of stuff, so you well, can get... Well, with, with Bootcamp, there isn't any abstraction. It's literally, mm. you're booting into Windows. There's no mm. emulation going on. It's just, here's a hard drive, here's Windows, jobs are good in. Okay, cool, cool. So, it's, but, so there's still an improvement, even though that's taken out of the way, then, if people Apparently, are Apparently, yeah. Hmm. Oh, so that's interesting. That's interesting to see. I mean, I know a lot of people have kind of argued over the years about whether OpenGL is better than DX and all that kind of stuff. I don't want to get into that argument. I think they're both great APIs, to be honest. I've programmed in both, so I think, that, I think they're both awesome. But um, it's interesting to see that 
OpenGL obviously does work better on the Macs, is what people are reporting there. Um, but you know, DX12 is around the corner. Maybe uh, maybe that will make some big improvements on there. Always interesting to see what you know how, how quickly Frontier get these things out. I mean, I, I'm really quite impressed that you know they've worked the the Mac version along in parallel with the PC version, and they've got it in record time. I mean, to completely redo the rendering engine to work on a different. Uh, API, uh, graphics API, that is very impressive, very, very well done for the guys there, so uh, hats off to them, absolutely. Uh, Mindwipe is saying in the chat there, very good point actually, OpenGL would allow Frontier to do something like a, a Linux port, for example, yeah. <laughs> oh, and that's basically what SteamOS is, it's basically exactly. a glorified version of Ubuntu, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely, I've, I've played around with a couple of hack versions of SteamOS, uh, and yeah, it is just, just a Linux machine, so why not, I say. I mean, obviously, it wasn't wasn't on the plan for Frontier. I would love to see it. Um, I, I can't confirm or deny anything about the, doing a version like that, but I would absolutely love to see it on the next. Like I said, getting it out to as many people as possible is always, is always a great thing for me. So, Yeah, the more the merrier. <laughs> absolutely. Um, okay, you guys ready for a quick um, beta update? Oh, go on then. Have you got, you got I've, in there? No? I've, just had a, I've just had a demonstration of the uh, Imperial Courier from... Uh, from Goose, uh, Goose4291. Um, yeah, somewhat disappointingly, the nacelles don't move. Aww. But the the landing struts that come out are a kind of thing of engineering beauty. The thing that's particularly nice on the courier is the, the two weapon hard points on the nacelles. When you look at the courier, you can see that the front of the nacelle has a sort of... Uh, oh, he's just doing it for me again so I can demonstrate it live. So, yeah, there's like a little... There's like a grey bit on the front and a hatch behind it. Basically, the whole front section of the nacelle opens up. Oh, wow. And the, the, the gun is inside the nacelle. It's, ah, very, it's very nice to look at. Excellent. It's actually almost a shame that, presumably because of the viewing angle, you can't see it from the cockpit, I guess. Yeah. Um, but it is, again, it's, you know, it's, a, it's a really nice bit of work they've done on uh, the design. And you can, you know, we talk about this all the time, but I mean, you can see the, the design aesthetic in going into making the Imperial stuff a very pretty ship. You know, a bit of a kind of sports car of a thing. I mean, yeah. that, those, those two hard points on the nacelles are, are very cool. Excellent, very excellent. So it doesn't, doesn't interfere with the smooth, organic aesthetic. <laughs> no, 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 it looks very cool. But it's, it's interesting to say that. I mean, so that kind of makes sense why they moved away from the original leak design we saw, the old uh, the thing that was mocked for being looking, looking like firelighter shaped nacelles, of course. Um, but, you know, going back to the original, original version, the, the two nacelles were very, very... They went down to an in, a tiny, tiny point, didn't they? Very, very thin uh, point at the end of the nacelles on there. So, of course, they've gone for chunkier and chunkier design, and now with in the actual release version they are very big that makes a lot of sense why they've done that now if that's where they've decided to put the weapons yeah i mean it looks like i mean if we sort of you know if we're talking about the um the the imperial courier the thing that i liked about the courier and the um trader in frontier was at the time i was you know very much into blake seven and I've talked about this before, so apologies for people who've been following the show for a long time. But one of the things I liked about the ships is they really looked like the Liberator from Blake 7. Um, this doesn't look like the Liberator at all. And it's interesting because we were looking back at the old um, uh, concept art for the Imperial Courier. And the initial concept art did still 
look a bit like the Liberator. This looks a bit like the... Um, there's something from one of the Star Trek series. I think it's like the Delta Flyer. Delta Flyer, no, yeah. The Delta, was, that's what I'm thinking yeah. of. Yeah, it's Voyager. It looks like the Delta yeah. Flyer. Um, but it's, you know, it, it's lovely. And it'd be really interesting as well to see one that's not white, because at the <laughs> moment they're all sort of in Audi white. Um, and it'd be interesting to see what they look like with a slightly different paint job. Oh, you can't, can't spoil that look. Can't can't do that. Let's like, I, like... Want, I want a fluorescent pink one. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> but this, but this is what I mean. I mean, when they when they released those um, those color packs, you know, the basic color packs. Yeah. I remember looking at the orca and thinking, "My God, why would anyone buy an orca and paint it orange?" Kind of thing. <laughs> and it's a bit like that with the curry. You sort of look yeah. at it in white and think, "Oh yeah." That, but then you know, sometimes they do look cool in different colors, and it'd be really interesting to see. Be interesting to see how that worked out. Yeah, I'm going to have to get a red one. I've heard they go faster, so... <laughs> <laughs> so, well, uh, that's, yeah, that is really, really awesome to see, though. Thanks for the update on there, Chris. Well, we'll just move quickly back to the uh, the points in the newsletter. A couple of guys in chat are talking about Mac and boot camps, so just to cover that off, uh, there was a couple of things that... that the guys in front of you were talking about the just daft things like trying, the way you interact with other hardware like microphones meant that they had to completely redesign the the stack so that they could uh, interface with that for the comms chat. It, it, it's annoying. You wouldn't think that something like that would take so much time, but they, like I said, they managed to pull it off in record time. So fair play to them. Um, and they've managed to get it working on pretty good on on most machines like Mac Minis with you know fairly low graphics RAM and uh, and obviously mobile GPUs that they use on those machines. So uh, good uh, good things they managed to do with that. From that, they of course they did a whole bunch of performance optimizations to get down to that level on the Mac. And of course those optimizations have made it over into the PC release, and you will see that uh, in the Xbox One release when it comes out as well, which is nice to see. A word of warning, though, um, to Mac people. Uh, I was talking to somebody the other day who only had uh, 256 megs of video RAM on his on Ooh. his iMac because it's it was an old another model, and that will not run Elite Dangerous. I'm sorry, guys. Ooh. It really does need about yeah. at least a gig of RAM. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, it is GPU hungry on the PC, so it's it's you're not going to get it running on on very mediocre hardware on on the Apple Mac, which is a shame, really. Yeah, I just I wish there was something else they could do. I mean, obviously they put a whole bunch of performance optimizations in, but backing up what you said there, Ben, I have seen uh, a few people on the forum posts as well, kind of saying, "Oh, I can't get it running on this." And when you uncover the hardware, it's like, "Oh, guys, that's that's way below the minimum requirements." Of course, it, it's a harder thing to say on on a on a Mac, isn't it? Because with a PC, it's like, "Oh, you need a you know a GeForce 700 series or something like that." Uh, you know, but on a Mac, it's a bit kind of like, uh, "Well, yeah, yeah, most most ones pass 2000." And 11-ish might be okay. <laughs> and it, this guy was on a oh an iMac from 2007-2008. I'm like, I'm really sorry, dude. Yeah, yeah. Which it's a damn shame. But there's, there's... on the other hand, he basically talked himself into getting a new machine. <laughs> well, there you go. That's <laughs> that's the way. If you if you can't beat it with old hardware, just just throw money at the problem. That's the way to do. <laughs> So I think that's uh, that's most of the points from Newsletter 75 on there. Great to see the, the Mac joining in with the, the PC guys and uh, just bringing the universe to life, which is great to see. So uh, just catching up quickly with some of the points from Newsletter 76. I think uh, 
well, one point at the top we're going to have to go over straight away. There's, there's uh, E3 is around the corner, only a couple of weeks away now. Uh, should be on June the fifth. We don't care about E3. No, no. no I mean, there's there's uh, there's, there's uh, the ambassadors Anderson, De Greer, Resri, Malkir, and some la, other la, some la, other la, guy. La, la, la. Some other guy. Um, I guess K- Kerash, some, something like that. I don't know. I've never heard yeah, of him. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Squee. Um, yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. If I could take you, I would take you. I'd take you. But I'm hoping to. Um, I'm hoping to record some some things for uh, some interviews with the guys there, and we we'll try and catch up at the end of the day and give you the information as soon as I've got it. I'm going to try and get it up uh, so that we can put it on the Lave Radio site, which would be awesome. It'd be awesome, and um, there'd be re- big reveal there. Big reveal, and I can't wait to share it with you guys. But I can't say anything yet, so stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> I'm just hoping you're going as a booth, babe. Yeah, you'll, oh, you'll go. You'll think it's going to be all cool, but before you know it, you'll be in a bikini washing cars. That's <laughs> what well, happens at E3. I, I, I wouldn't do it any other way. <laughs> no, and that's the stuff that you did for us for, for E3 last year was excellent. So, uh, um, you know. Looking, looking forward to what you have to share with us. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be I'm awesome. not resentful at all. No, no, no. Such a son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's going to be great. But yeah, I, 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 I will leave it at that. I'll say no more. So uh, we will uh, just talk about uh, the things... Uh, well, in the newsletter, it covered a lot of the bits about Paraplay, but we'll be talking about that. Um, some of the important things about the beta you should know now. It's a bit of a news newsflash, in case you don't already know. The ships that you buy in the game are currently going to be low cost, so that's not going to be the final price. We'll go over the stats and everything in a little bit. Also, most importantly, the Paraplay... The most important feature, obviously, is the faction uh, changes, the uh, political backgrounds, uh, events which are going on in the game. They're going to be accelerated during the beta, so you're going to see things going from expansion to the other states and uh, losing ground and gaining ground. You're going to see that happening a lot quicker in the beta, but it uh, won't be that fast in the real game. So uh, bear bear that in mind when you're testing it. Um, It's not going to be exactly like that. It's worth bearing in mind as well with the beta. I'm not sure. I can't remember what they did last time. I had this vague memory that last time they just set all the ships mm. to um, be 500 credits. They, they seem to have divided the cost of the ships this time. So some of the more expensive ones will still set you back half a million credits. Um, now the Type 9 is still a good 700,000 credits, even, even on the cheap. So um, it's, it's sadly not an opportunity to fill an entire garage with every single ship in the game. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. Uh, I, I kind of logged in early on. I was I, I bit of a panic on me suddenly when I looked at it, and I was like, "Oh, this is my real save game. I've got." And I was like, "Hang on, that's a little bit less money than what I had. It's my same ship, and I'm in a different location. What's going on?" So I think what they must have done is, is a week ago or something like that. They must have took a backup of all of our save states at that point, ported it over to the new beta servers, and then left it at that point. So you you will have your real live save game taken from a point about a week ago in the current beta build. Um, so we should be good to get in trouble and <laughs> cause mayhem and chaos. But uh, yeah, I'm just playing it steady for the time being. Um, uh, we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. 
So, um, most importantly, I think we've, we've talked about the, we've talked about the new ships, the Diamondback. I really want to see this, guys. It's not fair. I want to find you. But the last couple of things in the uh, newsletter we've got to cover. Uh, the Control Alt Space winner was announced with the Rangers of Florin video. Uh, I've got in contact with those guys. It, it looks absolutely awesome. If you haven't already seen it, you should go and check it out. You can get on the EliteDangerous.com website and you can go to uh, slash en slash film competition dash results there. You can go and check out the, the results on that. Well worth a watch. I love the style that the guys have gone through. Putting their uh, carrot what their the physical faces, like avatars up in the top left corner of the comms uh, guys. What, what do you guys think about this video? I thought it was great. Did you guys see it? I've seen it and I liked it, yes. Mm. Oops, I'm getting a trespass warning. <laughs> no, I, I really enjoyed it and it actually told a nice little story too. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. I, I love the fact that they kind of played to all of the strengths of the game and really showed that cooperation and the things that you can do, things that are mm-hmm. not oh. obvious out of the box, but once you get in there and start playing together, it's, it's really, really awesome to see. Yeah, they did They did an excellent job. I mean, just technically sort of matching, because they sort of cut to the, the, the faces of the pilots in the ships. They did an excellent job matching the kind of lighting uh, and the sort of colour palette uh, that Elite uses. It's uh, yeah, very, yeah, very well done from that point of view. Yeah, very, very good stuff, guys. So uh, well done on that win. And uh, definitely, we'll try and get in touch with you guys and get an interview as soon as possible. Um, oh, I'm, I'm, what is this? Do anyone want to talk about this next thing? Fictional elite marketing. That's a new one on me. This is really nice. This is basically someone's put together some mock-up pop culture references for uh, for elite, for the elite universe. I mean, it's odd. Th- it's just things like... Um, you know, magazine covers, different kinds of magazine covers. It, it's been done in quite an intelligent way because there's there's a way of doing these sorts of things where you would just stick like a picture of a spaceship on the front of every magazine. And actually, of course, that's not, you know, that's not what happens in popular culture. This person's taken a really good kind of sidelong view at the the kinds of magazines that different areas of society read. So there's, there's a sort of, there's a magazine that's geared at the sort of the, the Imperials, um, I'm just trying to find the link so I can uh, remind myself. Um, but yeah, some really nice artwork on one of them. Um, sorry, I've completely lost. Yeah, I'm just, I was just it? going through it myself. Actually, I, I completely missed this off the news oh, we last go. week. Yeah, it's really interesting, and it's it's nice. It's you know, if anyone's been to the um, the Harry Potter tour down in Watford, um, it's a bit like that bit where you go round and they've got all the sort of the physical paper props. So all the uh, the packets for the sweets and some handwritten notes from the characters and those sort of things. It's a little bit like that. It's nice to have these sort of, almost like these, I feel like these should be in-game items. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like once we can get out of the ships and walk around, these should be kind of like lying around on coffee tables and things. Yeah, you want the holographic um, adverts on the walls, don't you? That kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, so this is what I'm thinking of. There's a magazine called The, the New Imperialist. Um, which has a similar sort of layout style from the cover to sort of something like Cosmopolitan. Um, but it's got, you know, it's got sort of it's imperial fashion on the front uh, and it's got some nice links. There's, um, there's a thing on here under news. It says Dave behaves rated a number one on weekly Holovision, Braben comments, things like that. <laughs> uh, Altarian skin, research and beauty. And it's just, you know, it's this nice kind of, universe filling kind of detail that that elite really lends itself to <laughs> it's excellent really well done actually i can't believe i didn't see this before i do like the uh, the advert for the orion viscous brew that's nice <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll have a we'll have a quick advert and then we will uh, move straight on to the main discussion we will we will not 
delay it any further. I know you guys want to talk about player play, and so do we. So we'll uh, catch up with you right after this. Oh, boy, space is cold in here. That commander has a cheek sitting up in his cosy and warm cockpit while we haul radioactives around his cargo bay. Oh, is it cold? I hadn't noticed. Oh, that's right. Why, you're not even shivering. Maybe it's because I picked up this North Coast Cargo Bay sweater. It keeps me warm and stylish. Say, that is a nice jumper. It's made from the finest Verex wool and handcrafted by novitiates in the underground monasteries of Van Manen's Star. Wow. Where can I get one? New North Coast Cargo Bay sweaters. Be the envy of your friends. Wow, every lady from here to the Empire. Be warm and toasty, even on the tenth planet of a dying star. Now on sale at Spark and Mensa. Better now? Better? Why, I feel so warm I'll probably never catch man flu again. Spark and Mensa. Because nothing says sexy like a neck-high jumper. And welcome back, folks. Yes, on to the main topic. Yes, it has to be Paraplay, doesn't it? The release notes. OMG, have you guys read through them yet? I have, yes. Yeah, it oh. took me most of the day to read them, but yeah, we eventually got there. It was, I, I could not believe, I was going through that and I had to tweet out straight away, I was like, holy mother of change logs. It was, it was absolutely huge. So we picked a, a, a couple of highlights for the things that we like uh, from the change notes. There's so many things in there we could say, uh, but let's, let's go straight from the top there, Ben. We're we looking at uh, the, yeah, so this is an interesting one. So obviously Paraplay is all about the, the political intrigue and the choosing which faction you want to fight for and all that kind of thing. Now, one of the interesting things you can do is once you pledge your allegiance to a faction, you can decide to switch to a different faction. You can defect at some point. And you can do this through the uh, the new menu interface, which is in-game. But what it means is there's certain downsides to that. And one of the new downsides which they've added in is that the other faction will create a, an AI to hunt you in the game. You're going to spawn these uh, other ships to come and chase you down and if you defect. I think that's, that's really nice gameplay, Ben. That kind of harps back to the old Frontier League 2. Do you remember how that used to work? Well, I was thinking it actually sounds very much like Season 2 of a certain radio drama. <laughs> Absolutely. Except I think we've lost Chris. <laughs> <laughs> we've just lost Chris. Yeah. Just that's lost it. Chris. You mentioned it. It's like, that's it. No, I'm out. I'm out. We'll try and get him back in a second. Isn't it? Yeah, he's but yeah, I mean, for me... Welcome to te- technical, technical difficulties. difficulties. Yeah, it definitely is the technical difficulty show tonight, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're still on the air at least, I think. But yeah, it did, um, it did make me think of the things you used to have in, in Frontier Elite 2 where you, where you caused some trouble with someone. You, you didn't complete a mission or you, you annoyed them to the point where they didn't... And they weren't happy. Oh, you'll you'll regret dealing with Patricia Brett, if you remember that one. Uh, And they used to send the old military jets with a scrambled ship ID after you. Do you remember those events, Ben, at all? Not really, because I didn't actually play Frontier. Terrible, terrible, terrible. I know. I I played Classic Elite, and then I kind of jumped everything. Ah, oh, sorry, it's no good, no good. But no, I'll let, I'll let you off, I'll let you off. Uh, but no, it's, it's, see, that's what I find interesting, is that they're taking these things which are already interesting gameplay aspects of it and bringing them back up to date and bringing them into the new game. So this kind of reminds me of that sort of gameplay aspect that you don't know it's happening, you don't know what's going on, but at some point someone might just interdict you for no reason and try and assassinate you. And then you start to harp your mind back and think, oh, yeah, that was that bulletin board mission I failed a few jumps back. Ooh, probably should have been a bit more careful. I'm going to have to be really careful with this one because I know uh, I was kind of... Uh, I was doing some assassination missions over the last couple of weeks and I... 
ended up picking someone who was allied and as a target and went after them. I didn't realise I'd done that until I got them on the scanner and they're green. I was like, oh. Yeah, it definitely yeah. means we've got to be a lot more careful about when yeah. we open fire and things. Just check your targets. Cause, <laughs> yeah, I made the mistake of accidentally shooting somebody um, outside of Shinata Desra. Oh. And now I'm now I'm wanted, and there's nothing I can do about it. Uh, so yeah, if anybody wants to shoot me and kill me and claim the bounty, you can become wanted from the slave station, but you'll get 250 credit bounty. Oh, oh dear, oh dear, yeah. It's... But then you'll get your own 250 credit bounty for shooting somebody outside a slave station. So well, yeah, true. We just got to try and nudge you out of the way and get you away from the uh, from the entrance, maybe. Mm-hmm. Where base were you again? Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm literally outside the front door of Low Station, surrounded by a bunch of folk. Stay right there. <laughs> yeah, I think we're definitely going to have to be more careful now. There's a lot of lot of changes to the crime system, obviously, have gone in as well. Um, we've already talked about the two most important features for a lot of people who like their uh, their ship porn, is the Imperial Courier and the Diamondback have been added to the game, and I really want to see these things. I haven't had a chance to see them yet. Yeah, we're all awesome. showing off our ships outside of Low Station. You know, we've got a whole bunch of couriers, a whole bunch, sorry, a whole bunch of clippers, a whole bunch of Diamondbacks, oh, nice. and it's all very, you know, you're, this is the place to be. Oh, awesome. It sounds absolutely awesome. I really want to play around with those ships, but I, I will get into the game at some point and have a look at them. Uh, like I said, we've talked about the new animations and all we can see in there. We've also got the little uh, ship details that we mentioned that you can see your player characters inside. Can you see anyone else's characters inside? You can there, see the can player characters inside. Um, we have to, you've got to get very, very close yeah. to see them, and it's got to be exactly the right light. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. obviously you're in a black suit against a black <laughs> spaceship on yeah. a black seat. With all the shiny these specular highlights off the windscreen so yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but what, what surprises me though is that the Diamondbacks are one with the animation and there's no really shiny animations with the Clipper because you know traditionally that's where the shiny animations were in Frontier wasn't it yeah yeah I was yeah hmm, I shame about that really I would like to see more of that but hmm. yeah, yeah hopefully maybe sometime but I'm, I'm quite surprised by that yeah, bit of a difference. I think Chris is back. Chris is back in the room. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good. Basically, the Elite Dangerous beta uh, blue-screened my PC. Oh, no! Oh, dear. <laughs> That's why so it's, it's a beta, folks. it's me this long to do a reboot cycle and get Skype back up. Um, yeah, basically, it was weird, because I tried to go back into... Because I could hear that people were messaging me um, in in game, and I went back, and I was like, oh, the screen isn't moving, but I could still hear the game running. I mean, there was... Like my engine, if I travelled up yeah. and down, I could hear stuff. I could mm. use my keyboard shortcuts, and I could hear the game responding. But basically, the graphics weren't moving. And then, very briefly, this message came up saying something about failing to commit a DirectX buffer or something. Um, and then, just, yeah, just blue screen. Uh oh. Well, so, and on is... Windows Seven, so I don't, I don't see blue screens very often. It's a bit of a novelty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, that's what happens in betas, I suppose. Of course, you'll be frantically filling out the bug report now, obviously. <laughs> well, this is the problem, because it's a blue screen. I don't know how to find what actually went wrong. I'll have to yeah. search around in Windows logs and uh, mm. see if I can actually get some information together. Because it's no use me saying to them, I had a blue screen, without me actually being able to tell them. This is a very important note for people. Mm. There's no point telling them you had a blue screen, yeah. unless you can tell them what went wrong. 
yeah, anyway. absolutely. Yeah, you need to you need to gather that detail. Uh, plus, that's, plus, that's something we can talk about in another episode about how to best do beaters, I suppose. Really, and how to uh, best fill in those bug reports and all that kind of stuff. I, th- I suppose more information is always better in that case. It's the only way you can really do it. But there we go. So we were just covering over the topics in the uh, the main discussion, which is all about power play and the, the highlights. We were uh, selecting from that huge, huge change log that uh, we would literally need three or four episodes to go. Over, I think on that, it's absolutely crazy. It's crazy, isn't it? Because I because I, I thought of it. The stuff that you've mentioned that I didn't even know was in the update, just because yeah. it is it is such a huge bewildering list of changes mm. I mean it's fantastic that so much has gone into it um, but it really does it's going to take some time to sit down with it and digest <laughs> one, of my, one of my pet hates has been fixed though which oh. is that if you're approaching a landing pad as your gear is deploying it says to you warning landing gear not deployed <laughs> they've taken it out now so now if, you're, if your landing gear is on its way down the game will no longer warn you <laughs> oh, excellent. Yeah, that, that was kind of irritating, yeah. I think I got to the point where I, I just turned it off in the audio menu, so it didn't tell me. So just, just, just shut uh, That's good to see. That's yeah, good. You say that, but the number of times I've been bouncing up and down on a pad, wondering why I'm not landing, <laughs> and then realise I haven't actually put my landing gear down. Yeah. True, true, yeah. Those warnings are there for a reason, folks. So <laughs> don't turn them off. Don't do what I say. Do what I tell you. <laughs> So moving on to the next thing on there, um, I don't really know a lot about what they've done with this, um, but they've revamped the military progression missions. Obviously, as you start to work for some of the major superpowers, you, you occasionally get bulletin board missions to help you progress in rank. Um, I've been struggling to get much further than where I am, but they've completely revamped them. I'd be interested to see how that affects... I don't suppose you guys have actually got to the point of seeing any missions for that yet, now. Well, not in Powerplay, I haven't. I'm basically, I seem to get locked at Viscount, and I was told, go to this place, and you get a, oh, you get a a permit to go there, and then there's just no progression from there onwards. Yeah, Um, I've had the same issue. Yeah, hopefully this means we're going to have better things for ranking up, because I think I became a Viscount with the Imperials by transporting something like one ton of slaves or something pathetic like that it's not, <laughs> it's not really very heroic deeds that i'm doing to to rank up here guys you want something which is medal worthy you know? i do yeah <laughs> no yeah that, that'd be good to see i'd be interested to see over the next couple of weeks what people uncover with that um well it depends how many beaters for 1.3 we have i suppose isn't it? we'll have to see we'll see um this is probably my highlight of it. It's such a silly little thing, but Ben, you, you picked this out and I kind of added to it. You can now select the nav target directly from the system map. Thank the Lord for that. So that's going to make exploration so much better because you can just pick the planet you want to go to and it goes onto the map. Uh, it goes straight to it as a nav marker. Also, you can plan a route directly to a station from there as well. So if you're three or four hops away, you go into the system view for that uh, system, you click on the uh, station icon and you can just plot a route directly to it and I did try this out really quickly it does work as soon as you jump into that last system it automatically selects the station and just goes straight to it seamless smooth awesome isn't that great <laughs> yes yes it yes. is it's absolutely <laughs> love it like I was saying, you know, it's nice that Powerplay is such a re- rich, deep canvas of things which has gone under, under all of the elements of the game. But at the same time, it, it's all these incremental improvements that have been layered on top just make the game so much more smooth and playable and just, just easy for people to get into without having to you know, understand all of the complicated systems in there. 
one of the most important things for a lot of players, I think, uh, as you get to the, the big ships, particularly things like the uh, the Python, the Anaconda, when you start getting to those really, really expensive ships on there, they have increased the ceiling of loans. They scale there with your highest elite rank. So obviously, if you're getting up to those big ships, it's most likely you've increased your rank quite considerably for one of the, uh, the various things, either trading, exploration, or combat. So the important thing is here is that the amount of loan that you can get out if you do get your ship destroyed starts to scale up with that. I think that's going to be a lifesaver for a lot of people I've heard that have just got to that point of, oh, I just got an anaconda and boom. Oh. <laughs> so I think that's going to be a nice safety net there, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, not that I've necessarily reached the heady heights of uh, getting to anything that I can't afford to replace yet, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure it's an issue. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard I've heard a few things on some of the forum posts of people uh, talking about the issues they've had when they get to these big ships. It, it is just one of those things you do. I mean, I've done it. Uh, I've done it before. The first time I had a Cobra, I slammed it into the side. As soon as I could afford one, jumped in and slammed it into the side. So, yeah, that's, that's going to be a very welcome change on there, absolutely. Um, one of the most uh, interesting things that I, I was uh, reading up on a long time ago, and this, this has been talked about before, is that the general purpose slot in your ships, now any, any one of these uh, cargo bay slots you can swap out, you can put a fuel tank module in there, which is nice, so you can extend your your maximum range. Now I think the important thing to remember is, is the size of your fuel tank doesn't extend your single jump range, but it extends the number of jumps you can make consecutively before having to refuel. Of course, there is going to be a bit of a balance there because if you're absolutely laden, you've got all that additional mass of the extra fuel on there, you're going to be harming your jump range for an individual jump. So it's going to be a fine balance. And as far as I've seen so far, there, there's no way of emptying your fuel tank other than flying around so uh that's going to be a bit tricky to manage there have, have you guys have seen any of that in the uh, outfitting yet ben have you seen that at all in the outfitting? i've seen it in the outfitting um and i can confirm yes i could put a fuel tank into any internal slot i haven't done it yet but i've seen i've seen it so I can't think of any other use for it other than exploration, really. I mean, it's... Uh, um, I would be tempted maybe to put it in my Sidewinder. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I'll oh, go yeah. and pick up a Sidewinder to basically get my pilot from one ship to another. Yeah, a taxi run. <laughs> and, yeah, and then I'll, you know, I'll buy a Sidewinder, kit it up, sell it at the other end. The extra fuel that the larger fuel tank will allow me to have could come in very helpful because the Sidewinder, you can only do one, maybe two jumps before you need to refuel again. Yeah. I think I think yeah, I think there's a couple of there's a couple of people it makes a big difference for. I mean, don't underestimate the the convenience of it because the other week a mate wanted me to come down and help him out with a um a conflict zone down in a system and it was about you know 120 light years from me, which realistically for me with you know with the basic fuel tank it involves two stops to completely refuel. So I probably lost about you know, maybe 10 minutes out of the evening refueling. Yeah. Whereas if I had a bigger tank, it would have been convenient for me just to fly all the way there and get straight stuck into battle. I've also got, I also know someone who has a quite a big ship with a very large jump range. But if, every time he jumps at the maximum of his, his range, it uses like half a tank. Wow. Yeah. So he says if he ends up in a place where he jumps to somewhere and the star isn't scoopable, that's mm. him dead in space. Yeah, that's what I was thinking so, for explorers. Yeah. Mm. yeah, absolutely. When you when you get to those regions where it's just nothing but Type T terry stars, which has happened to me, it would yeah. always be handy having a few more jumps up your sleeve. I think definitely. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, it's one of those tricky things. So yeah, so it's going to be interesting. It's further balancing and tweaking you can do to your ship loadout to uh, tweak around with that. I don't know how much useful it would be for it. traders, for example. Maybe if you want to do one of those rare runs, might be a little bit more useful. Maybe, uh, but yeah, interesting to see how that's going to affect. Well, are, yeah, I mean you are vulnerable while you're scooping as a trader, of course. Exactly. Yeah. So, would you just want to save the uh, the risk and just throw in an extra fuel tank so you don't need to stop off? Yeah, hmm. essentially. Yeah, it's worth a shame. Interesting. I'd like to see what's going to come out of the ship loadouts that people are going to come up with on there for the outfitting and uh, recommendations on the forum. Sorry, you've, you've just given me an idea that would be really nice if you could yeah. arrange with your wingmen to, if you're doing, say, a rare run and you want it to be quick, jump in, jump into a, into a wingman, have them transfer fuel to you, mm. and then move on. Yeah. Very, that yeah. be interesting of course, I mean that—that that is one of the uh, the other important updates, and that is a whole bunch of new limpet uh, that you can have in the game now. So you can have cargo gathering limpets, you can have ones that fuel transfer and stuff like that. So that idea of having a fuel tanker style ship, someone having you know a massive Type Nine with nothing but fuel tanks in it, for example, and a whole bunch of fuel limpets can be like a stop off point for people trying to get from one place to another with smaller ships. So uh, that's an interesting thing you could do as well. This is. Yeah, it's got a lot of things. That's an interesting thing though about those drones. That's one of the things I'm looking forward to trying in this beta is um, giving mining another go. Yes. Because uh, I because I I did try a bit of mining early on, and I just found the whole process so frustrating and unprofitable. Um, this, I'm going to be interesting to see how much of a difference having these collection drones makes. Um, We've also got scanning drones as well, Chris. So you can actually scan mm. the better asteroids, I believe. Yeah, maybe that was my other problem as well. Maybe I just wasn't picking the right areas to mine. But uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how how much of an impact it has on that side of the game. Because I don't really know anyone at the moment who's who's really bothering with mining. Um, I, I've done it a little bit, but I'm not consistently. It's it's not really profitable compared to the other things in there. Um, what they've done though in, in this now there is some specific items that can only be retrieved by mining. I believe um, they are they're very rare. They can make bring in a lot of money if you find. I think Paynight came in a couple of changes back didn't it which was like 35 36 thousand credits a ton if you can find some of it um so that's that's really going to give a boost to mining of course with the new drones we were just mentioned there the fact you can actually scan the the asteroid uh, belts um to find where those little pockets of really really rare materials are that's going to help as well it's going to speed up the process of doing the mining and then of course the the drones that will go out and actually gather the the fragments and bring them back to you so you don't have to be navigating around particularly in the bigger ships if you're going out with a, a bigger mining ship and you want to just kind of ramp up the speed at which you're gathering resources i think that's really going to help with high end i'm definitely interested in trying that though the important thing that you mentioned earlier on as well on here chris the uh, progress indicators are next to the uh, pilots federation rank on the right hand status panel there nice little addition to the hud yeah, and as I say, I had no idea I was so close to ranking up in trade. Because I am mostly penniless, so it's not going to take a lot. Whereas <laughs> I, I'm really surprised, because I've been, I've been novice in combat for what seems like a really long time. And I've been, you know, not wanting to blow my trumpet, but I've been killing a lot of people. Um, I've been hanging around a lot of combat zones. <laughs> and I'm, I've been really surprised that my, novice, my combat rank hasn't gone up. Um, and actually, now I can see it. It's at 89%, so I am very nearly there. I just need to murder a few more people, <laughs> and uh, the universe will be mine. <laughs> yeah, I, it's great to have that indication, like we said, isn't it? When, when you're... Um 
when you were playing like the earlier games, you had no visual indication of where you were. That that vast gulf between dangerous and deadly, and then finally up to elite, it just seemed to take forever. And you used to get to that kind of position where you, you're only a couple of kills away, but you're so frustrated you didn't know how close you were. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was there was no indication, but didn't you have a kill count and people knew what the numbers were? What in the earlier games? In eighty in elite eighty four. I'm not sure about the original game, but in Frontier Elite, I swear you just you couldn't see it. I mean, you had a rank, and that was practically it, I believe. Okay, maybe you didn't have a you killed seven thousand people or whatever. I think some of the like OO elite uh, elite um, mods that have come in later date, I think they give you that kind of indication. And people have things where you can edit the save game files and stuff like that. I've seen in recent years, but I don't recall the older games giving you that visibility. I do remember when I started off doing the live streaming that um, I had no indication whatsoever. I literally had pen and paper next to me, and I was kind of roughly counting the number of kills because I knew the levels. I I knew what yeah, what yeah. I had to achieve, and I was just kind of keeping. I had this whole page of A4 with little uh, tally marks over it. When I got to like the final four thousand or whatever it was, I was like, "Come on, yeah, <laughs> just just a hundred more. Come on, hundred more." But yeah, so it's nice to see in game, though. Nice to see. What I think is really funny is they've they've finally added this thing which gives you the little message on um, on uh, on going up through the ranks. Mm. But of course, a lot of the really hardcore players have already made it to Elite anyway. <laughs> so I know, I know a few people have said that they want to kind of reset their character so that they can go back through and get the notifications <laughs> again. Uh, I think, in fact, I think in his update, in his dev update, didn't Michael Brooks say that he had to uh, reset he, yeah. his save in order to test? Yeah, Michael did say that, and he's had to reset <laughs> himself. So hats off to Michael. Thank you for the dedication to testing there. To... <laughs> but then, in all fairness, he could probably just you know give himself a hundred million credits or something just to start off. So <laughs> he can, but he did actually say he doesn't do that when he's actually playing the game properly. No, that's uh... see, that's great. That's, de- that's dedication. Though. Well, nice they want to play it themselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's, it's fair enough. I got given a whole load of credit because early on when I was working on the audiobooks, I needed to record sound effects of various ships. And they gave me something like 100 million credits so that I could buy whatever ship I needed. But I was quite pleased that, in some respects, when the game came round and actually went to release day, that I was reset back to the normal starting thing. Because I, yeah. I thought you know, that would kill the game for me if I, mm. if I started the game with my account already on virtually unlimited funds. Um, although, actually, I don't know how, un- I don't know how unlimited 100 <laughs> million is these days. Um, you know, that would have taken something away from me. So I think, you know... I think, so. I think, you know, sometimes people think, oh, if there's a cheat available, you'll take it. Whereas, actually, I think there are some players who would rather have the challenge. I almost feel a bit cheated myself that because um, of the Kickstarter rewards, I started the game with a Cobra. Oh, yeah. So I, I haven't had to do that sidewinder grind hmm. to kind of get up to the next ship. I've kind of already started in a ship that's very capable for whatever I want to do. Um, yeah. So it's yeah, you know, it's. it's On the other hand, you could argue, you could argue, you spent the past year doing the sidewinder grind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not like I haven't played in the sidewinder a lot. Um. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's nice to see that. I mean, obviously you're ninety nine percent, so uh, you know if you get you get in there and do those combats, we might see that right on message appear in there. Nice thing to see that it goes into the uh, message inbox at the top, which was the uh, big change into one point two as well. The uh, the wings update. We've got this nice comms panel now, so that's kind of integrated into there, so it's easy to see where those rank up messages have gone. Uh, they're not they don't just disappear into the ether or kind of you know pop up once in that comms panel, never to be seen again. So it's nice to see that that's uh, that's gone. 
going on there is a bit more visible. You can see your progress, and you get that nice feedback from the game, which is uh, awesome to see there. Um, now, this is an interesting one, Ben. This is one that you highlighted uh, to question what on earth they are talking about. Do you want to just uh, read out this one? Yeah, so the, the statement is that they've updated all resource extraction zones, CSMs. Mm. Then what CSMs means? I, I think and, that means complex state machine, but I can get onto that. <laughs> okay, to heavily reduce the number of NPCs. I'm assuming this might be to do with bounty farming or something like that, but I was just thinking, why have they gone off and reduced the NPCs in there? Yeah, it's it's interesting. They they did hint on the idea that the resource extraction sites were going to be split. There's no longer going to be just resource extraction sites. You're going to have these high and low security resource extraction sites. So perhaps this is something to do with this. That instead of them being vastly populated in one kind of site, they're actually going to split off the sites into multiple, and they're going to be the population is going to be spread out more to kind of balance a little bit. I yeah, will I mean- say. Sorry, Ben, go ahead, mate. I I do like the idea of having a bunch of police around. I think that's one of the things that when you're flying around a supposedly safe system, even Mm -hmm. Sol or or Lave or somewhere that's meant to be high sec. Yeah, it can uh, can be a real drag in some of those areas where where it's unsecured. Yeah, Yeah, please forgive me. I'm still recovering from a cough that I've had for about the past week, which is doing my head in. Um, And I just find it very unfair that you've got all these you're in a supposedly safe system you should be a noob mining away and policeman comes, uh, not policeman pirate comes along and before you even get, before your shields are down there should be police chasing after him and that just doesn't happen yeah, yeah, Um, it doesn't doesn't seem fair so, Mm. it doesn't you know, places like Reedquat or pirate or other pirates type systems definitely make them far more dangerous but Safe should be safe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Chris, how do you feel about this change, mate? Yeah, you you don't want it to be artificially safe. Do you know what I mean? You kind of want the game... Because early on they talked about how just the kind of police reactions to what was going on would be enough to make a system either safe or not safe. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You don't want artificial buffer zones. You know, you, you wouldn't walk down... Oxford Street and it's looking like a scene from Grand Theft Auto. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> but only because as a society we know what the kind of implication, you know, we know there's going to be a police response. Precisely. I think, I think that's what it is. I mean, touching back on the, the acronym they're using, the uh, CSM, so I believe that means complex state machine so to just put a little bit of background in that, it, it, it is what it sounds like it's a very, very complicated hierarchy of events that could happen and it's exactly for that kind of behaviour Chris, that you know, if another player is doing something they untoward in that situation, the process is, the, the game is going to react to that and it's going to create more uh, authority ships or something like that or you know if an, a player is sat there happily mining away and the, the opposite happens that uh, they get attacked by someone else, then it's it's going to get some authority vessels pop in or something like that or they're uh, they're quite peacefully going along and nothing happens for a while then it could be a timer as part of that state machine that kind of says uh, let's Let's spice up the mix a little bit. Let's add some uh, NPC pirates in there to make make something happen. So this this is the kind of changes they're talking about here. They've they've tweaked and changed the model for how that that decides when to build uh, to create NPCs and when to take them away, when to make them react for different different events and scenarios in those resource extraction sites. It's all 
it's all very complicated stuff under the hood there. But it's <laughs> it's 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 interesting to see that these kind of things are happening. Though when you go into a resource extraction site, it's not just this artificial environment where there are a couple of objects there and and you know there are a couple of ships there and you know there's a hundred of these and a hundred of those it, it is a big complicated simulation going in there where it's constantly checking the state of that environment and seeing if you know if there's too many pirates or not enough pirates should there should more get spawned in or less or should some run away and that kind of thing it kind of feeds into the ai of the ships as well so it's it's going to be interesting to see how that affects the extraction site so hmm well, if anything that makes it more believable and realistic, I think it's a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I've had a couple of things where I've gone way out from civilization, and this was one of the other tweaks that was mentioned in the chains log, was uh, it will stop spawning pirate ships in locations where there really shouldn't be a, any population. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which happened to me so many times. Like, you know, a couple of hundred light years out from civilization, nice little high metallic ring that I find, and I'm like, oh, great, jump in there. Next thing I know, pirate on my scanner. I was thinking, I haven't seen anyone for about 10 jumps and then suddenly pirate what the heck so that, that's a nice little change to that of course this is all to do with that really that that complex state machine uh, and how it deals with those those environments so nice to see that changing and making it more believable definitely i think i think i have a new favorite fix that they've included in this list oh go on go on fixed fixed spelling for cs camilla pardalis <laughs> okay. They obviously didn't like their spelling of it originally. I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how you know when that's spelt wrong. Do you know what I mean? It's some weird sort of 15-letter word. Oh, anyway. yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing it's a name off of a list or something that's like that that they've, they've picked or up back, wrongly. Uh, yeah, Backers yeah, pointed out. Yeah, yeah, but most of the system names are unpronounceable anyway. So <laughs> I think I, I did see one in there which was uh, something ironic about fixed broken, non-breaking spaces in French sentences or something oh, yeah. like that. <laughs> that was, oh, that was a mouthful. E- even systems as simple, supposedly, as lave get pronounced differently. <laughs> exactly. So oh, <laughs> you can imagine the nightmare that translation is if, you know, if the, trying to get the English text is bad enough, but then trying to get it right in every other language as well. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, absolute nightmare. Uh, so moving on to the next point on there, they've uh, increased the markup when selling illegal goods in black markets. Have you had a chance to see this, Ben? Is this is this a negative thing or is this positive? No, this is a good thing because okay. frankly, selling illegal goods is barely worth it at the moment. I think you know what's the yeah. I was what's the point say. of being a, a what's the point of being an honest cr- criminal? <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, it was something no like ten percent or something, wasn't it, of yeah. the going rate? It was terrible. It really was. So anything that's gives that more profit and impr- increases the, the profit for bounty hunting, not bounty hunting, increases the profits of smuggling and things like that, I think is a great thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's, that's a nice thing to see. Uh, a few more bullet points uh, we've got to go over there. So automatically adding a sole permit from another situation? Mm, another complicated one. What is that about? We just don't know. I don't think anyone knows, do we? Well, mm. I don't. Perhaps there was a few backers in some cases that should have had a solar system permit and didn't receive it, maybe. Perhaps. Maybe. Mm. It's the whole, in another situation, though, you think, what other situation? Why does it need a special case? Mm. Maybe it's something, certain backers at a certain level, when they pick one of the starting points, weren't getting a permit or something crazy like that, maybe. <laughs> it sounds like one of these silly little bugs where it should have been happening and finally someone's reported it. They've gone back to the default sidewinder, <laughs> say, for example, it's like, oh, 
Oh, I changed it into solar system. Why is that? Reported it as a bug, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Interesting one, that. Uh, but most importantly, I think, this, this is a big one, and I know it's, it's caused a lot of stink on the, on the forum. Uh, there is now a 10% price penalty when selling modules in the outfitting. Um, so, yeah, as we said, this is going to hurt people who like to respec their ships a lot based on different roles. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that one. Chris, how do you think that's going to affect things? Yeah, I can kind of see it because it's obviously it's very expensive to run multiple ships. I mean, if you want multiple Cobras, I don't, can you even do that? Can you have more than one of the same ship? Yeah, yes, you yeah. can. You can, okay. Definitely. Oh, because you can store them at locations. Yeah, of course, because yeah. that, that guy did it, didn't he, to um, <laughs> map out the civilized systems. He brought an eagle everywhere he went, didn't he? Yeah. Um, I can kind of... I, I, think the, I think the price thing is right because it doesn't make sense that you can just sell stuff back. You know, you know it's, it's like the weirdest pawn shop in the world where you can just <laughs> hand over stuff for money and buy it back at the same price, and yeah. it's all very odd. Um, but I almost feel like what people want to do needs functionality. Yeah. So you should almost have the option of having like your own little storage locker of ship parts where you can, rather than automatically selling those kit, that kit back to the station... You can kind of store it and say, "Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold on to this somewhere else." Yeah, I mean, of course, you got you got the buyback feature, but that's only temporarily whilst you're there on right, dock, yeah. isn't it? But yeah, nothing more beyond that. It's going to be interesting to see how that balances out. I know um, there's a, a few people who are not happy with it on the forum. I've seen some of the posts up on there, but it's one of those things we've we've got to test it. We've got to see. Um, uh, whether or not it's going to be a, an improvement to the way the game works. Of course, they've got to have these money sinks in the game, otherwise the economy is just going to get blown out of proportion, particularly as people start to get these really high-ranking uh, saves and they've got billions and billions of credits. There has to be something to stop the the top end going out there, I think. So, uh, hmm, interesting to see how that's going to play out. And there's another there's another good update in that list, which is, uh, I've just particularly liked the, word, the wording of it, um, which is, Dead NPCs no longer taunt from beyond the grave. (laughs) I quite like that as a feature. I like the idea that they come back to you like Ben Kenobi as a force ghost, saying, you know, you blew me up. I'm going to fuck you up from beyond the grave. I quite like that. (laughs) Keep it. Yeah, yeah, no, I I think that was went in uh, hand in hand with the update for the chatter for uh, in super cruise wasn't it yeah nice nice change on there i think to, uh, i think it's going to make it more believable isn't it it's going to stop the immersion crowd from uh, exploding all over the forums because something silly happened it wasn't supposed to happen <laughs> totally yeah, absolutely. So I think we'll uh, we'll play a quick advert there and we will move on to the next topic as soon as we're back guys so just bear with us we'll be back in a second Are you struggling with paying fines? Do you lose sleep in hyperspace worrying about docking at the next space station? If the answer is yes, then you need to call Cowell and McGrath Fine Management Services. I got scanned while in Federation space and was caught carrying slaves. It was an unexpected expense that I couldn't afford on top of my fines for damage caused whilst docking. We can help you consolidate all your existing fines into a single large fine, payable in regular instalments at what is almost a competitive interest rate. I called Cowell and McGrath Fine Management Services and they helped me pay my existing fines before I got a bounty on my head. They really saved my life. At Cowell and McGrath, we've helped thousands of pilots whose fines had spiralled out of control. I dared not go near a police star system. got so desperate that I'd almost resign myself to a life of piracy. 
Luckily, I found Cowell and McGrath's services before I actually murdered anyone in cold blood. No fines too big, no criminal record too damning. We're here to help you, no questions asked. Find us in the Lave Business Directory. I'd got into debt as a result of a massive counter-lawsuit by Watt and Pritney. It happened because I'd taken advice on Python protection insurance from... Wait a minute! It was you! Cowell and McGrath. Minimum liability, zero accountability. Warning. Balances may go up as well as down. Missed payments may lead to repossession of your ship, seizure of cargo, or the issuing of a death warrant. And welcome back, Commanders. Yeah, uh, all this we've talked about so far in the main discussion, uh, these are just points and highlights of uh, things or changes that have gone in. We haven't even touched on any of the stuff in Paraplay yet, guys. I mean, what sort of things have you seen in the new interface in the game? Well, it's it's really complicated. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Tell me about it. I fired it up, my brain nearly exploded. I think I was like, where do I start? Because I I thought I understood it. I, I thought... There was this kind of in my head. I kind of thought it was an extension of the um, some of the community goals stuff, but it's actually. I mean, there's so much more to it than that, and I don't. There's elements of it that I don't even know how to play yet. Um, but basically, to, to give people a quick kind of rundown of the interface, underneath your navigation tab on your ship, where you have galaxy map and system map, you now have a new option: galactic powers. And that will take you to a very lovely screen, which has, to the left, a Galnet thing that says coming soon. So it'll be very interesting to see what that is. Mm. Um, And then there's a Galactic Power standing screen. So before you've allied yourself to a faction, you have this screen with, uh, I don't know if this is placeholder or if this is how it's always going to look, but you have 10 faction NPCs. So there's some names here that I recognise, like uh, uh, there's uh, uh, Ailing Duval, there's Denton Petraeus, there's uh, Zemina Torvald, you know, names that we kind of know from the gown and stuff. There's other names here which I'm less familiar with, but I don't know if that's just because I um, haven't kept up with some of the latest political stuff. So there's a Lee Yongri, or, and there's an Archon Delane, and there's Pranav Antal. Are any of these familiar to anyone? <laughs> Not me. This is where we need That's... Alan, really, isn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, but basically, you can access any one of the kind of major factions. Interesting that there are there are multiple... It's not just Federation and Empire. There are multiple NPCs for each empire. So there is a uh, Lavigny Duval Empire faction. There is a Zemina Torval Empire faction, there is an Ailing Duval <laughs> faction. So it's, it's not even just about um, it's not even just about Empire versus Federation anymore. You know, you are picking a you are picking a horse to back in some respects. Um, now, when you go into these, this is where I mean, this is where it's just bewildering. Um, and obviously, they haven't got tutorials up yet for for how this works, but. Th- the thing that it most strikes me as, I don't know what you guys thought of this, but it kind of reminds me of a board game. Because each individual NPC seems to have different bonuses that they give to different areas, or, or different, different strengths and weaknesses against yeah. other aerials. So I've clicked on Ailing Duval here. Um, she's got three icons, social, finance, and social again. All right. And so, And then there seems to be different missions that you can take on depending on your standing within this faction so you there's a pledge tab where you can 
you can choose to ally yourself with, with a particular faction. And if you leave that faction, there is a warning on here that says, you know, if you... Um, where's, where's my one? If I, if I go... I've I just randomly picked someone. Uh, I've picked Felicia Winters, uh, who's a Federation liberal, uh, the shadow president. Uh, and it says on the, the thing here, defection penalty, after defecting... Felicia Winter's agents will attempt to hunt you down for the next day. During this time, you will not be able to join another power. So, you know, there's there's a lot here to take in, and I'm kind of feeling a bit like we probably need a week of beta (laughs) to come back and talk about it next week. Um, But it looks like this is a substantial gameplay update. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, first time I opened up that gal map and I saw that new tab, I was like, oh, frantically clicked it. Oh, this sounds great. great." Clicked it, and I was like, Oh, what am I looking at? Oh my god, it's just so information <laughs> overload. And suddenly you've got all these new icons on the gal map, and you've got the the 3D blob view that we've seen of the the uh, region of influence, I believe, of each of the factions. You can see that like color coded three dimensional regions that they control. Um, and you know, that's that's just the, the scratching the surface. Looking at that now, you can you can do all sorts of things like see the state of each one of those systems, can't you? To see uh, you know where, whether they're in a state of a target for expansion of that particular faction or whether or not their uh, potential money loss systems, money gain systems, that kind of thing. It's complicated, very, very deep and yeah. complicated. There is, there, there is an element to it that, I mean, like I say, we haven't really had time to look into it. If there, if there, is, a, if there is a warning flag going off in my head, there's an element of it that looks a little bit grindy. And I only say that because mm. underneath, now underneath the station menu, under contacts, I now have a power contact, which, which shows me what my current mission I need to complete with right. my standing, you know, with my, my newbie standing with this particular faction. Um, and it says progress naught of 100. Ooh. Now, I don't know if that means I have to do 100 of these in order to go up to the next level, or whether that means that whether that shows me the total for everyone who's allied with that faction. And that's only on 100, you know, because we've talked about the fact that power play has been kind of simplified for the purposes of beta. I suspect that's my own individual. I do 100 of these, I go up a rank. Um, which means if that's scaled down from the full power play thing, hmm. you know, that, that's potentially looking at some considerable grinding. So yeah. I, I, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, it's difficult to say at this point, isn't it? There's so many layers of the system that we all have to relearn from this, but I think the the way that it works is if there's more of you, it should it should contribute faster. I, th- I believe that's the way it works. So if you manage to convince a group to work together for an end goal, I think it's going to uh, get more CC, wasn't it? Change capital or something like that? Or um, I forget the term now. I did go over all this with Ed Lewis, but it was just there were so many things he was talking about on there. It was like, Ed, this is a complete different game. It's like, wow, you know, there's so much stuff you're adding in. There there does seem to be some sort of strategy game overlay um, whereby you can... Because it says something about the number of points they have available to spend or something. Yeah, yeah. I just, you know... And that's, that's... I just don't know. CC <laughs> to spend this turn. There it is. Yeah. I've got 1,151 CC. Um, I think you get CC... Initially. At the moment, for every half hour that you're allied to a faction. 
Yeah, so there's there's kind of re- rewards for pledging your allegiance to them. You cut, you gain it yeah. over time, don't you? So maybe that's the thing that they're talking about, which is sped up slightly. That you're you're gaining more influence over a period of time. Um, but obviously, players can work together to gain more reputation with each one of those factions, and that, that gives you more overall power over choosing. I think it's a kind of like a voting system. I believe is the way it's it's supposed to work. Is that you can point at a particular system and say, hey, you know, that's the one that I think we should go for expansion for. And if enough people, you know, human players in that faction make that choice that's the one that that faction will choose as the expansion target next to move into um, which is really going to start to direct where you're seeing those those combat zones uh, created you know it's not just going to be almost random at the point <laughs> well it feels random I know it's not I mean the background simulation at the moment in the live version of the game is based on the current state and whether or not that system's in a, a boom economy and that kind of thing now it's going to be more focused and player driven I think which is nice to see you're going to have some control over that no I mean no, no I, I have a group that I sort of play with periodically and they have successfully managed to gain control of a system uh, by just continually pushing missions for one particular, f- you know, uh, in-system faction, and they've they've gone from the, the faction having a twenty percent control, uh, it's now up to like sixty percent. Oh, excellent! And I think the whole, you know, the whole system is now basically owned by that that corporation. So um, it's definitely done. It, it, this is what I was saying though about how, as a gamer, you need to do something and kind of see an impact. Yeah, and I think having seen that play out, you can see that actually it is it isn't random. It is there is a definite thing you can do, but it's it's such a long process to make it happen. It's kind of almost hard to believe in it at times, um, but it does seem to work. Is there a, with this so with this power play stuff? Have they put up a guide or a tutorial or anything around well, how we're meant to do it, or are we <laughs> speak to figuring it out? Yeah, I mean, when you said about tutorials, that was, that was the first thing that crossed my mind when I booted up the beta version. I went straight to the training menu first, and I was like, oh, no, there's no, there's no more info, because yeah. I was like, oh, and I was trying to rack my brains to remember all the things that Ed had told me, and I, I was just like, this is going to be another huge learning curve. Um, so I'm hoping at some point we're going to see some more more tutorials, even if we just see some some new YouTube links, because I know they've done some great YouTube videos to explain in more detail some of the complicated systems in the game. So they, they definitely need to do some tutorial videos for this, because there is so much content. So and this is well, feeling I'm, almost like Risk or something like that in, it is, and in that's, the game, isn't it? That's exactly how Ed Luce described it to me, yeah. Yeah, it does seem to like that. And I've actually now found, if you go into the preparation tab on the PowerPlay thing, there's a thing that says top 10 systems, although I can only see six. And it's got, there's a list of systems that says, oh, well, if you do preparation in this area, it will be ready for expansion in the next turn. So I'm not right. sure when a turn is. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's what they were talking about, the accelerated cycle of these things I, I i don't know what the rate is at the moment but uh that, no, that's, it's, it's almost like there's this there's this tick that maybe something like every 24 hours or something we'll get a a vote a, a, a you know way of seeing the the things change so maybe yeah, yeah. uh maybe it's going to be based daily or something like that i mean there's no indication in the current ui telling you what that tick rate is is there <laughs> so I'll tell you what I might do. There's, there's this guy that does a live Twitch show on a Friday night, and I'm sure he will explain it all in absolute detail on this, this Friday. So I'll well, yeah, yeah, I'm going to try and tune into this guy. Yeah. <laughs> you'll, have to, you'll have to give me the link, because, I mean, I need to learn it all as well. So, yeah. 
I, I'm gonna have a busy couple of days. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna be poking around uh, Frontier, asking them for details on hey, what the hell does this do? What does that do? So I can try and demo it on Friday. But uh, yeah, we'll give it a go. Def- definitely on Friday is going to be a very very interesting stream. I think to go over some of those things. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is it is a whole new game for me again. I mean, uh, it is it is nice to see because a, a lot of people we were talking about in the last couple of streams. One of the things that come up was what do you do when you hit that that high rank, that top rank in the game. Um, you know, where do you go from that? You've met your goals, you've done what you want to do. And, you know, we've spoke to it about on, on the show before, haven't we? we? It was one of the things we said, and I kind of said that there's never going to be end to me because there's always going to be something new and interesting that I want to do. But this now, it, it gives me a a whole a whole new game to play. It's a completely different thing, so really, really interesting. Yeah. And, it, and it's nice that it's not just for the high-level players. Because there was always a danger that the new content that they were going to add was only going to be for the people who are kind of, you know, up there at master and elite kind of thing. But actually, this is, if you come into this, if, if I'm reading this right, what you have to do, there, there are missions here that a new pilot in their basic Sidewinder can go and do and contribute. You know, it's, the missions are things like distributing leaflets from one system to another. That's basic courier runs. You know, anyone can do that. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of to those introduction things. I mean, there are some bullet points in there as well, only for the high-ranking missions as well, Ben. Was, was that one of the update things? Uh, Chris, have you actually read the help things that's over the... If you go into the power play thing, there's a button on the bottom right that says help. Do you know what? I, I instinctively <laughs> avoid help buttons. I don't know <laughs> There is a wall of text on all of the things when you click on that. Brilliant! Um, I haven't read it yet, but there is a wall of text there. Okay, uh, well, note to self. preparation? I, yeah. Before a file can take control of a system, it must be prepared. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Um. Okay, no, I will, I, will, I will read that at some point. Do you know what? I'm terrible at um, things like that. I only noticed today, because we were saying about how do you check for updates on the client, and one of you said to me, oh, there's an option on the, the login client for Elite. If you click on options and check for updates, it's like, do you know, I didn't even realize there was a row of six buttons on the launcher. All I do every time I come in is I click on login and then I click on play. I don't actually even look at the interface. And it's the same with this. There was a help button there that I completely ignored. Uh, Also, the stats one is not very helpful. You press the help button on the stats, it says, what are the stats? Brilliant. (laughs) Yeah. At least it doesn't say placeholder text. Well, yeah, I mean, it is a beta. So. <laughs> All the other stuff has got a wall of text there, but stats doesn't have a lot of anything else there. It's fairly self-explanatory, though, isn't it? Well, you say that. <laughs> it yeah. looks a lot more so. It looks fairly self-explanatory. Mm. <clears throat> I will say, though, to people listening, there is one thing I've spotted, uh, which is a little bit of a... You need to be slightly careful with it. Now that PowerPlay's been enabled, when you go into the galactic map depending on which view you're in, you no longer see a star system's distance from you. You start seeing its distance from your faction's galactic capital. Ah. Which is a little bit of a... I was trying to work out how long it would take me to fly to somewhere, and I was like, these numbers don't make sense. And it's basically because I had faction view selected. So you need to go into view, and you need to turn off power play view and go back to kind of map or realistic and then you start seeing distances from your current position again 
That's just a little thing to watch out for. Maybe that's related to there was one little tweak um, where they tried to get the info text out of the way so that you can actually click on a system because I think it was it was preventing people from clicking on systems. Yeah, so, possibly. Yeah, yeah, maybe on that. Uh, one of the things we, we did say on there about some of the higher level content, they have actually added in uh, new mission types for people that are at the elite re- level in you know high rank- ranking missions. So there is content for higher players as well, which is good. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. 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 But I mean the the whole. You know, because people are talking about what do you do once there's an end game, and it's but it's nice that it's not just about that. I've also had a look in some of the outfitting things, and I I've not had a chance to do any of them yet, obviously because it's only just out. But there are a lot more missions there now, and it looks like you need very a lot more different rankings and different things so you need mm. to be like a, a scout in exploring or something like that ah. before it will give you the mission oh that's interesting so, yeah, and it that's... looks it also looks and this sounds like a good idea that uh, yeah. you can get certain missions if you're just starting out you're ranking with them so they'll go and get you to do propaganda but then mm. maybe a bit later on there's something a little bit more in depth than propaganda so that interesting. sounds interesting yeah, of course, that was one of the big updates is a complete mission system overhaul. So it's it's nice to see that come into effect now. I, I'm going to have to play with this a lot more. One of the things that I was a little bit worried about with the, the power play thing, we, we touched on this earlier on to me, Ben, was uh, um, if I'm accepting things from a bulletin board, I just willy-nilly just kind of pick the one with the <laughs> the highest the highest credit was, oh, yeah, that one, 150 credit. Yeah, I'll have that one. Not looking at the faction that it's aligned to. Um, of course, that's going to be a problem now ongoing that if I want to be working up my faction status with someone in particular and I accidentally click away, yeah, that could get tricky now, so. Yeah, uh, no, politics is important. You've got you to make sure you're not working for the uh, Jet family. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I've, I've always maintained how <laughs> I would just work for whoever pays the highest. Now that's kind of put a wrench in my plan. I'm going to have to be really, really careful <laughs> who really, I work for. What's really funny is because I was, occasionally I was picking companies to work for that i sort of thought oh yeah they they sound all right you know you know the name of that organization sounds fine and then one time i actually clicked in and looked at what that faction believes in and i thought no i don't want that at all that's completely the opposite of what i want to happen (laughs) so uh Yeah, oh, it's definitely going to get a lot more complex, but uh, stay tuned, folks. We will update you on that once we've had a chance to go through it and figure it all out, and we'll give you all the information as we gather it. Um, I think we should just very quickly move on to the... uh to the other things. We haven't got any questions this week, so we'll move on to the community corner. Now, this is an interesting thing. Have you guys had a chance to play around with this this new interactive ship builder? You can get that at Coriolis.io, guys. Yeah, this was posted in the, the Elite's Elite social group on Facebook, so I'm afraid I can't, I can't give any credit for who's created this thing, because it is genuinely brilliant. Um, so I hope that someone will send us a message and say, oh yeah, this is, you know, this is our website. So basically, it's an interactive webpage that allows you to pick a ship and you can basically just from this this web page you can just change around all the components for the for the ship and of course unlike when you actually visit you know a shipyard in the game this this website has a complete list of all the available modules so you can really play around and i think i was um Let's see if I can find my screenshot I grabbed because I uh, I basically kitted out a Cobra with something like seven million credits worth of upgrades. Wow! And really <laughs> just gave it. There is there's things that this website has basically shown me exist in the game which I didn't realise you could buy. So you can you can get shield boosters that you can fit to utility mounts. 
Yes. Well, yep. How long's that been a thing? One point two, maybe. Oh, uh, was it okay? Maybe. And the other thing that's amazing, of course, is the king the the hull boosting. So mm-hmm. I managed to get this Cobra's hull rating up to about three hundred and fifty, um, <laughs> with a with a sixty percent shield boost. And you know, basically, I, I basically just p- picked the most expensive components I could find um, across the sort of Cobra range. And yeah, about I got it up to about five or six, seven million credits. Uh, and it's just a beast. Um, yeah. So it's it's interesting that those because if I have a criticism of the way Elite Dangerous works, I still find the ship outfitting completely bewildering in game. <laughs> yeah, That's one website tool has completely revolutionised my understanding of how the upgrades for the ships work. Yeah, and I think the nice thing about it is, is it's, you've got all of the options there to toy around with. You don't have to search around, because the problem is in the, in the game is you have to go and find the sources where you can get these things. You have to earn the money to get the ship and play around with all the stuff before you can see whether or not it's going to work and how it affects your stats. This just gives you a nice, simple view, uh, and it just tells you all of that information straight off, doesn't it? It makes it really simple to see what's going on. It almost gives you a roadmap of what to buy, and you can mm. kind of figure out what you need to do. Yeah, it, uh, let, it lets you set a goal for your outfitting, of, in effect, doesn't it? It's, it's uh, sounding yeah. very much like ED Shipyard. What's the differences between the Well, two? I mean, it's got a nice visual style to it. I mean, it fits in with the, the in-game HUD, got the same kind of fonts and styles to the, uh, to the colour scheme and all that kind of stuff. But the most important thing, I think, is it's, it's, an, it's a nice layout it's a, it's a much easier layout to see what's going on uh much more informative at a glance kind of view of the of the ships but it's also got the ability to look at other people's suggested builds i mean that looks like that functionality is currently disabled but there's there's a plan there to add in uh suggested builds from the community compare it to other people's builds much more kind of a collaborative community kind of thing it reminds me a lot of the old uh world of warcraft armory websites uh like that, that kind of thing so i think that's going to be interesting to see how people come up with suggested loads and things like that at a later date and how they uh how they compare to other people's loads so uh, yeah interesting so uh moving on to the thing we should give a, a quick shout out to all of the the commanders in games ben do you want to uh, just uh shout yeah, out to so- everyone in beta Quick shout out to the other beta commanders who've made it in. So that'll be to Arlo Grizzy, Goose4291, Icefire, Javert, Mindwipe, and Seltire have been flying around outside of Lave Station and in, in showing off their their Diamondbacks and their Imperial Clippers. No, Couriers. Imperial Couriers. <laughs> <laughs> too many imperial ships oh it's confusing confusing and I'll, I'll save you from the trying to read out the names in the IRC chat Ben we'll give a shout out to all you guys who've been chatting away in the IRC uh, we've got Penguin Archimboust Alien Pickle Bapster Flaxton Paul Archer Commander Thane oh I know Commander Thane I know that guy <laughs> uh, <laughs> Commander Lodvar Fiverr Highbite Ian W Astrodamus Icefire 122 Javert, Jintosh, some guy called Crash, Mashbud, Mindwipe, Mr. Tea Time, Neo Tio, Nilsen, Phoenix Defire, Commander Psychokeo is there, Ripped, SLS, Starren, Tubby, Ventura, Xenoic, and Stop Hammer. You guys. Oh, <laughs> Starian, that was an old game, wasn't it? That I was an old Amiga game or something, like uh, a bit like. Um Star Glider or something. Wasn't Starian a bit like that? Oh, I'm racking my brains now to remember that. And I'm also curious to know if Tubby, whether that's Fragland Tubby. 
You have to give us a wave of his tubby from Fragland. Starians just said it's a specky game. It was a specky game. I specky. knew it was something oh. like that. Yeah. I was trying to trying to, I, could, I could see the image in my eye in my eyes, but oh, I just no. Oh. Yeah, you guys love making these crazy names to make it really difficult to pronounce. I do. I, <laughs> I apologize if I mix the pronunciation of uh, of your names there, but we try our best. We try our best. <laughs> <laughs> also, I think Mr. Tea Time is it not Tiatime? Is, is it not it? a uh, is it not a Terry Pratchett reference? Oh, is it? Right, I am sorry. Oh. No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> if it was the real Tiatime, he would, of course, murder you with a knife. Uh, yeah, I true. His name wrong, but, true. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, so difficult to get these names right, isn't it? No. Yeah, yes. Anyway, so yeah, another quick shout out to the things. Obviously, uh, most important thing we can give a shout out for. There's there's a certain event coming up on the 11th and 12th of July in the Sedgwick Hall Hotel. Have you guys heard of this up in North Hampshire? I was going to give it a miss. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's Lavecon. Lavecon 2015. Woo! This is going to be the third Lavecon. I can't. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. Bigger and better than ever. Absolutely. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. So, yeah, I, I cannot wait to get there. We're going to have some uh, going to have some fun. It's going to be nice just to chill with you guys and uh, and uh, give a give a just, just just buy you guys some beers for once, you know, just chill out. Hopefully we we'll have some time to do that. I know last time it was just so crazy. I didn't get a chance to talk to you guys at all. So, uh, yeah, it'd be really really good to to get in touch with you guys and uh, just chill out for once. That'd be nice, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, it'd be good. Yeah, absolutely. And plus, there's loads to do. So much stuff going on. I, I haven't checked the schedule again in a, in, a, in a couple of days, so hopefully Karen hasn't added, like, dozens more things that we all need to be doing. But, <laughs> yeah. So, no, it, it sounds great. Can't wait. Can't wait. It's going to be really, really good fun. Uh, although, there's another little shout-out, which I noticed we haven't got. Well, I've forgotten to put on our uh, show notes. Um, Lisa Vu's obviously not here, so I can't do it for her. She's currently got on her website where she does game reviews and, and other people write for her and things. Uh, she currently has a competition uh, for a giveaway of Endless Space, which is a 4X space exploration trading expansion mm. type game. Um, she's currently got a giveaway competition on there, which is quite good fun. So uh, if you're interested in, in that game, head over to vuesreview.com and uh, yeah, join in the fun. Yeah, it's going for a couple of weeks, I think, that competition. Sounds good. Sounds great stuff. And as we did touch on earlier on the show, hopefully at the end of the week, I would have had a chance to catch up on everything and uh, on the the stream on Crash Landing. If you guys want to check that out, we can uh, go through some stuff. If there's any questions you want to ask, hopefully I can demo it on the air then then and there. We'll give it a go anyway. But uh, anyway, folks, I think that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. So if you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email us, info at laveradio.com. Get in touch with us on Facebook slash Lave Radio, or you can just get out of us on Twitter at at Lave Radio. You can join in with the Skype chat channel by adding Fozza101 to your Skype contacts, or you can join in the TeamSpeak server where the commanders like to come and hang out and chat. You can get there on laveradio.teamspeak3.com. So thank you very much, Chris and Ben, and all the commanders that have joined us outside Lave Station tonight. But until next time, fly safe, and if you can't do that, fly dangerous.
radio with any questions and we'll try to answer them towards the end of the show so moving on to uh oh not live we're not live this is the uh episode one show really really hey Wait, are we live is it happening this looks like it's happening so anyway that's what the vicar said yeah, I see. <laughs> and that's everything you need to know about the official position of the Thargoids in the universe. So let's not oh, talk lovely. about that again. Ever. No, 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 ever, never. Oh, I wasn't recording it. Damn. <laughs>